You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama's syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio, Phil Williams here live in the Right Side Studios. Man, we got the local, the state, the national, sometimes the international. We cover down on all of it. And like the dude said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna pause from the triple dipper now and just take a moment to uh, to bring on one of our elected officials, one of our U.S. delegation. Uh, U.S. Senator Katie Britt has been on the show uh, several times, most recently in studio. But since that time, I mean, she has jumped right in, uh, gotten her feet uh, wet as if they weren't already wet uh, in her new role as a U.S. senator. Uh, she has been assigned uh, to uh, represent Alabama on the Senate Committee on Appropriations. She is also now the ranking member. Uh, of the Homeland Security Subcommittee, among other committee assignments. And uh, my understanding is she's already made at least one trip to the Middle East and multiple trips to the southern border. And I thought, you know what, it's just time to get an update from our U.S. Senator. So without further ado, uh, let me bring her on. Senator Katie Brett, how you doing? Remember, we still got her? Can you hear me? Uh, We can now. How you doing, Senator? Good. Okay, good. Well, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to be on. I, I really appreciate it. We have a lot of uh, things to talk about and cover, so um, I, I appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. Well, thank you. Hey, let me ask you this, though. First of all, I mean, you, 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 your campaign, you made no bones about the fact that you are, you are a mom, you're a family person, uh, you and your husband raising two beautiful kids. And uh, how, how's the family adjusting to the fact that you're now a U.S. senator? You know, um, I will have to say, I know that every month, every, you know, um, will, will not be good, but we have really had a good first two months in making the most of it. Um, our children have been incredibly resilient. We've been trying to be very intentional. Um, I am thankful for modern technology that allows me to FaceTime into dinner and sit there with Um, sit there with my food while they're sitting there with theirs and hear about their day. Um, Also being able to do devotion with my daughter at night um, via FaceTime, you know, things that we would typically do uh, together. And then even this past week, I had my very first uh, virtual dial-in there uh, via FaceTime to a track meet, which was (laughs) so fun to watch. So we're, we're doing the best we can. And I think I think about it, and I know it pales in comparison to the sacrifice our servicemen and women make. Um, and then I know every family across the state is doing their best, whether it's picking up extra jobs or um, having to go in early or work long shifts. So, um, so this is just you know our our ways, our family's way to to serve. Well, and I'll be honest with you, uh, I love hearing you say that uh, about being intentional because, you know, this, this, there's no way around that. Parenting has got to be intentional, whether you're at home or abroad. And, and so anyway, uh, I'm glad to hear that that's the case. And I'm, one, I'm, I'm loving the fact that technology is supporting it. Yes, yes, me too. It um, it was fun. I was, my daughter was FaceTiming my son in the track meet, and then lo and behold, my very best friend from growing up, her daughter was in the next heat, and I, so I started, you know, go Lane, go Lane, and they said, well, wait a second, is Katie here? Um, so they could hear me on FaceTime uh, cheering, and so it was just, it's it's neat what technology has done. It certainly helps us if we can't be there in person, at least get to experience the moment. Well, good enough, and and, and glad of it, and uh, tell your husband hello. 
Um, but um, will do. Hey, listen. Um, so you 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 got. You already had the lay of the land. I mean, you had been up in D.C. Uh, working for your predecessor, uh, Senator Shelby. And so you knew the way around. You knew where the different hallways were and stuff. But then you've got your own assignments now. You truly are making your own mark. And uh, and one of the things that caught my attention was you've been doing some travel. You've not been idle at all. You're not just a, a you know, a, a wallflower or, for that matter, just a, an office rat. You, you've been in the Middle East already in two months. And how many trips right. to the southern border? Yes. So um, I have said that President Biden has been to the border for three hours in two years. And in uh, two months, I have been three times. So certainly have been proud to get down to the border to ask um, tough questions and to also ask for the real unvarnished truth and response. You know, I want to see what it's like every day. I don't want a cleaned up version um, of what of what they hope I can I can see, because in order for me to do my job as the ranking member of the Homeland Security Appropriations Subcommittee, I've got to dig in. I've got to learn. I've got to ask tough questions and I've got to figure out um, what we can do differently to secure our border, um, to make sure that we end the travesty that's occurring there every single day. All right, so so southern border, let's take that one first. What did you see and what can we do different? While while the Biden administration is still in place, what can we still do different to uh, to change the narrative? Yeah, so I mean, obviously, you know, when you meet with border patrol agents, first off, I want to thank them for what they're doing. We met with our border patrol agents, we met with law enforcement, we met National Guard men and women, um, you know, people that are putting themselves on the line every day to to make sure that we we get this right. But honestly, what you hear from them is. Uh, particularly our Border Patrol agents, have been demoralized. They said, look, we took an oath of office to patrol our border, to keep our border safe and strong. And we have been relegated under this administration. And these are their, their words, Phil, not mine, to being inside and uh, being paper pushers or Uber drivers for migrants that are coming over. You know, they fear the end of Title 42 in on May 11th because they say with what they're dealing with now and the influx they expect to come, um, it will most definitely be overwhelming. You know, I went to a stash house where I saw right after it had been raided, we showed up two minutes afterwards, and you see the conditions that these migrants are living in. You look at what's happening at the border. I I patrolled the border uh, in a number of different ways, both on land, water, horseback, on the river, coast, the whole thing, um, to see it firsthand. And when you look at the faces of the, there's nothing humanitarian about what is going on down there. You have women who have been raped. Uh, I I sat across from a woman who told me about being sold into sex slavery by the drug cartels. You ask the people how much they've had to pay to get there. I mean, now it's so much that they traffic them. They use TikTok and other social media devices to draw them in. They pay an initial money. They bring them up. Then each of the cartels has a different space. You have to pay again to get through that next space. Then the ones that they tell you how much they gave, the ones who say they can't pay, they say, I have to pay later. They become indentured servants on our soil. And so whether it is human trafficking, sex trafficking, or drugs, it's disgusting. You look at the fentanyl that's coming over. I met with DEA agents. I mean, Phil, it would just, we've got to get the word out. Um, I know that you've seen the numbers in Alabama. We had to use Narcan 15 times the first two months of our school year on our high school campuses. But the truth is, is that people are 
um, overdosing on fentanyl that don't even know they're taking it because the Chinese have become so sophisticated. The drug tells, the drug cartels um, have become so creative that they are putting it in things that people believe are Adderall, people believe is a Percocet, people believe um, is a Xanax. Those types of, of um, drugs that are actually coming from the black market and and people and children are dying. So let me ask you this, though, um, and, and I, and I want to make sure we reserve some time for your Middle East trip, but 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 the, the headline that I saw most recently was either Birmingham or Jefferson County. I'm not sure which. You know, they're very intertwined. Birmingham is in Jefferson County. Yeah. But yes. but that they, they have already hit 100 fentanyl overdoses just in the first two months of this year, um, and, and, and that's already ex- exceeding a bad record they had the year prior. So we're looking at it. It truly impacts, of course, your, your, your constituencies, but it's impacting the nation. You've got a statesman-like view on this. What can we do while Biden is still in office, knowing full well the executive branch may have some level of authority, but the legislative branch has to have a say? What are we going to see done? I think we have to hold them accountable, and my avenue to do that will be through the appropriations process. Yeah. So our very first um, hearing will be with Secretary Mayorkas, and it is my goal to be as prepared as possible so that we can ask those tough questions. To say to him, we are losing over 300 people a day to fentanyl overdoses in this nation. That is like an airline uh, carrier going down every single day in this country. And if that visual were happening, Americans would deserve answers. Well, they deserve answers to this. When we talk about what we're doing on the border, um, we've got to make sure that we are equipping our Border Patrol agents with the best technology. They talk about the technology of the drug cartels and that it is far superior, that drug cartels obviously don't have to deal with any red tape. We're letting drug cartels not only run our border, but profit from it. We've got to change that dynamic. We have to empower law enforcement officers. We have to empower these Border Patrol agents. And then we have to be real. When you look at looking to be fiscally responsible, and you, you look at kind of what we're spending and how we're spending it. I mean, I, I was amazed by the, some of the numbers that I was given, Phil, at the border. And in those conversations, um, not only, you know, w- what we are expending there, but then also who all is coming across. When it comes to a national security spe- um, space, we know we've created a hotbed of terrorism there in Afghanistan because of Biden's disastrous withdrawal. We know that those very same people are coming across our border. In addition to those people, uh, these known terrorists that we are catching at our border, and just to make sure that we're on the same page, in 21, we had 16 known terrorists caught at the border. In 22, we had over 90. To date, year to date, fiscal year 23, we've already had 53 known terrorists caught in the border. That's what we've caught. That is not in the 350,000 known gotaways that we didn't get to because our Border Patrol agents were inside pushing papers. But in those numbers, just in the sector that I visited this past weekend, in the Rio Grande sector alone, we had an uptick of 488% in Chinese nationalists caught at the border. Now, what does that tell you? That tells you that, once again, uh, China is 10 steps ahead of us, and they are utilizing Biden's failed, broken border policies to infiltrate our nation. And we've got to be smart. I'm going to push back through the appropriations process, particularly given the perch there, um, Homeland Security ranking member. We've got to continue beating the drum, and we've got to continue talking about it. I think they are feeling the pressure. You've started to hear even rumblings about putting back in some of the things remain in Mexico. Um, I think there's starting to understand what Title 42 does. But 
you know, if people want to come to this country, they need to do it the right way through a port of entry. And coming across the line is totally unacceptable, and we need to put a stop to it. That was an awesome segue. I just I sat there and just listened. That's a, and 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 I, and I hope that every bit of that uh, level of accountability comes true. And Senator, we only got about a minute and a half, but let me let me do this. Oh, I, no. I want I want it's okay. It was, it was it was good info. I didn't want to stop you, but I do well, want to know can this. I tell you something? Oh, yeah. Say again. I know. I just I, I want to make sure from my trip, I you know, had the opportunity to both hit Saudi Arabia and UAE. Yes. We met with the president there in UAE and his um, message to us could not have been more clear. While it was hard to hear, it was necessary, particularly as I build a foundation with regards to, to national security and how we move forward. But he said our disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan, exactly what we feared, Sent ripple, uh, sent a ripple effect through um, the entire globe, yep. where people question our ability, they question our strength, and they question our will. And he said, you know, when you're dealing with a relationship, when you lose respect for someone, you better hope you have trust. And he said, we don't trust you now either. He talked about um, being attacked on his own soil on January 17th, 2022, and the um, the lack of response from our our country. He said, first, I didn't expect you to spend boots on the ground, although I sent my sons to fight on the front lines of Afghanistan, although I, I, I went to Iraq. I did not expect that. I did not want that. But what I did want was an acknowledgement. He said, when we're going through things like that, you know, it matters um, if, you, if you believe you can trust the people that um, you call your allies, and you have, you have been losing that across the globe. And well, his message was very clear, um, and we needed to hear that, because that's not, that's not the kind of reputation we want to have, and, and that's certainly not going to make sure that our country is safe and strong if that's how we do business. No, and I, and I completely agree, and, 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 I, and I'm not surprised to hear that the ripple effects were real. And, and, and I guess within, you know, as an Afghanistan vet myself, I'll just tell you that, that, that I hope that someday soon someone's going to finally lose their job because there's not been a single person in either the DOD or in the civilian sector of, of, of overseeing that debacle that has ever once had to stand up and say, yeah, sorry about that, and I'm resigning because of it. But yet we, we lost 13 service members at the gate of the Kabul airport, not to, and not to mention the rest of the debacle that, that, that told the Arab world that, you know, we're really not in it for the long haul right now, despite what some may say. Bingo, uh, bingo. And he said specifically he cannot change the location of his country. So if the U.S. is unstable and unreliable, and he said, and by the way, when we watched that, not only did we not know you were doing it, but, you know, we could not believe that was the United States of America. But he said, I, I can't move the location of my country. And then when you create a void like that, it's filled, but it's filled by people that you don't like and that aren't your friends. Wow. Well, um, Senator Katie Britt, we burned through that time, but uh, it was all good stuff. I'd love to have you back on maybe and, and sort of sort of do a deep dive on some of those. But uh, for right now, thanks for your time. Thanks for Right Side Radio having a chance to hear from you, and uh, we'll have you back on again sometime soon. Hey, thank you for giving me the opportunity. I, I certainly look forward to it, Phil. All right. We'll talk to you soon. All right, Boomer, take us to a break, brother. I ran that one Ray Long because it was just, it was just too good to put a stop to it. But uh, I, you know, I'm I'm excited about the fact um, that uh, that Senator Britt has remained accessible, and I'm also, by the way, uh, pretty impressed by the fact, and, and, I, and I don't say this lightly, that she's already made three trips to the border in two months. That means something. All right, folks, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We will be right back. <laughs> 